Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at doconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and try to elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. We are here. Episode number 19. This is so exciting. I can't wait till we break into uh, number 20. That's I know. Deal. And deal. we're going to have to do something special for the one year anniversary. Oh, that's a good idea. That's your job. shirts for everybody. Oh, yeah. Yetis for everybody. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of things. That's I'm adding up some dollars, adding up some dollars there for sure. So, Kevin, I have a question for you because this is, uh-huh. I think, super exciting. I am thrilled about this. There's a free tool coming out that you're uh, launching next week at PCBC. Can you talk uh-huh. about it a little bit? I know you're, you're probably saving the good stuff for next week, but you could do a little, oh. little tease right here. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, you deserve to know first, I think. That's true. Here's a little bit more information about what this is. It's a way to aggregate data in a way that will allow builders to compare um, details about their marketing efforts with other builders while remaining anonymous. So there are other services like this where uh, Ivy Zellman famously has a, has a survey that she sends out to home builders to kind of get insider um, information on how home builders are feeling about the market, about how their sales and everything are doing. And then she publishes that to folks who work on Wall Street. This will not be sold, um, nor will it be monetized in, in any way, um, but it will allow you to share some of your data but then we'll get aggregated and you would be able to look at and say, oh, this is how home builders in the Southeast are doing this or uh, nationally are, are, are behaving and just get a little bit more insight. For everybody, not a year later, not six months later, but hey, what did last month look like? Yes. Interesting, interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So more like about it. that at PCBC. Um, <laughs> you'll all be able to, uh, and then as, uh, after PCBC, the next group will post a link in the Market Proof Marketing Facebook page for you to sign up and, and be a part of that program. It's again, free, anonymous, um, your data will be secure, uh, and it will not be used to do anything nefarious or again, we're not, we're not doing this to make money just to try to help everyone out yeah. a little bit more. And, and it kind of makes me chuckle because as I'm thinking about it, um, we'll get to the question of the week, but last week we said, Hey, you know, when you answer the question of what is your realtor co-op percentage, I know you guys are going to be tempted to say, Ooh, is that number good? Is that number bad? What's going on? And I was yeah. right. <laughs> it true. is, it's, there's a lot of, we'll get to the questions um, at the end of the episode, but it, it has started to slowly devolve into, is that number good or bad? Or why isn't my number your number? <laughs> and it, why is mine different? Not, it's like, we're all different. It's okay. It it's okay. Everyone's different. That's right. There's so many nuances. That's right. Right. Yep. Cool. All right. Let's hop into story time, Andrew, because we've got uh, we've got a dynamite dynamite guest with us this week. And I want to give her all the time we can. So for sure. Let's get going. So I'll make this one super quick. Um, Seth Godin, he sends out a daily blog every single day. I've heard of him. Yeah, I think most of us have heard of him. (laughs) So this last one really hit me. And I think I don't know if he's times it for the morning, but I always get them like 5 a.m. to like 6 a.m. So it's a good time for me. I'm already awake, um, usually at the gym. So I'll just sit there and like read it really quick. So this one was titled, Are You in a Hurry? It'll be in the show notes. You could read it yourself. But essentially, it shows this example of people at the airport. They're either in a hurry, super stressed, trying to get through security fast as they can, or the opposite side. 
those that get there too early, they have a layover, they're just hanging out. So it's this polar opposite. And when we think about like our work life, we, we could kind of be in that, that zone where we're mm-hmm. on the sprint and we're tripping over ourselves, trying to get everything done or we're on the opposite end. Where we're like, oh, okay, it's working. But Seth makes this thing where it's like, Hey, you really should be almost stressed and rushed. And that's probably the best version of yourself. So on the, you know, I'm on the tactical side, execution side, always making ads, campaigns, analyzing all that stuff. So it's easy to, to be in a hurry, but that's not Mm -hmm. the best place to be. I think that's a lot of people can relate to that. I'm like, I have so much to do. I have so much to do, but then you start missing things. The quality can go down all these different side effects of being too fast. Yeah, so check it out. It's it's really good. I like all his stuff, so also sign up for his blog. Yeah, there's no reason not to. It's a good. Nope. They're always mm-hmm. short, pithy little things to get you thinking, just like that. And he writes them. There's so many. I think there's ten thousand plus or something. It's crazy. I'm impressed. Yeah, and then genius. Uh, like we talked about content marketing with Will Duderstep, uh several episodes ago now, but he's writing these short little pithy statements, and then he will expound upon ones that get traction. And then he will also include them ultimately in books uh, in printed form. So he's essentially always writing a book by writing the four sentence blog every day and just repackaging and redistributing. My, um, my story time is uh, a two for one, but I'll also make it quick. The first is just um, imitation or imitators, right? I knew when I was a home builder that home builders love to imitate people. And now as someone who works with lots of builders all around the country, I can tell you emphatically with uh, empirical evidence that home builders like to do one thing, and that is copy and imitate others. And no matter the size, I'm telling you, people who are top five builders in the country are looking at other people and, and saying, what are they doing? What am I doing? And it just, it just struck me, this is, I'm going to keep it really short, that being an imitator only is just flat out lazy. Um, and you don't know usually when you're imitating what the actual results are. You see the smoke, but you can't tell if there's fire or not. And so you just, it's laziness and it's dangerous and just don't imitate for no good reason at all or without having really good, solid empirical data to support what you perceive to be successful. Um, And then conversely, if you're not imitating, you should be innovating and innovating equals creating value. So imitation equals lazy, innovation equals value creation. And if you want to be a great home builder, if you want to be a great marketer, you better be doing more than imitating. And of the caveat here is, of course, taking an idea you see from another industry and applying it differently to your industry, that is not flat out imitation, right? You are innovating on the imitation. So I I'm going to leave it there because we could go in circles. We but could. I think you smart people listening can hopefully get some value out of mm-hmm. that. And then the other thing is the Oculus Go, which is a device made by the uh, Facebook owns the company Oculus. It is a standalone VR device. And I'm telling you, I've had it in my house for the last week and a half. I just bought one for all of the folks on the marketing team at Do You Convert, so they can experience it. VR has been around for a long time. You've all experienced, or a lot of you have experienced it, whether it's through Google Cardboard and holding up your phone to it or some other way. Um, this is just simply the flat out easiest way to experience it. It's, it's a, and it's better and it's only 200 bucks for the entry level model. Um, so in model homes, if you're going to use this to let people look at Matterports or, um, it's, it's just, you guys need to go check it out if you want to stay, um, on the curve here. And I'm excited. Even just, 
letting people use it in my house who have had other VR experiences and are not in our industry and are not tech people, their, their reaction to this is completely different than when I had the Google Cardboard and they'd be like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Can I take it off my head now? Now, you know, you have to pry it. You can have this back, this cardboard here. Definitely. I'm excited. Mine arrived like two or three hours ago. So I am uh, anxious to to try it out. The battery will be dead because the kids and the wife will. Oh, my. uh, I I might need to hide it from them. Who knows? (laughs) On to some news. IGTV. This is exciting. Is it? Eh, I don't know. I think it can be. It depends on. It's a stepping stone towards what will be in, in 10 years or 20 years. Um, IGTV, so Instagram TV, essentially allows one hour long vertical videos from your favorite creators, which is the buzzy term for account or person making the videos. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a standalone app separate from Instagram, the way I understand it. Hour long videos. So that's neat. Why oh, I think is neat of all this is just if you look at like hours of attention on YouTube, I guess you could say like digital video versus TV. You know, it's like, I don't know if they've crossed as far as there's more on YouTube versus TV, but I think 10, 15 mm-hmm. years, like that'll be, there won't be much TV distribution. I'm going through Seinfeld on, on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> this is like second story, but I'm like, why are there commercials? It is like crazy. And then the kids, we usually watch at night and one of the kids came out last night. They're like, what is that? I'm like, it's a commercial. They're like, oh. But like, isn't there a format challenge with, with IGTV? I mean, part of what has become a lot easier, thankfully, is streaming content from your phone mm-hmm. or some, from, from anywhere right to your screen. And I just feel like, um, obviously, if it takes off and we all need to do it, we're going to do it, I hope, right? Everyone listening. But right. in the meantime, it's kind of like the amount of effort to create a 60-minute piece of content that's actually worth watching and then can only be displayed in other vertical formats and will look strange or just not as intuitive. You know, like when I put the Oculus mm-hmm. Go, I can put yeah. it on and I can watch Facebook videos in VR. I can and feel like I'm horizontal. sitting in the park watching. Yeah. Like it's, and, well, it's whatever it is. And that experience yeah. is better when it's horizontal. Mm-hmm. Like the human eye sees more horizontally than, you know, vertically. Then I just vertically. Long term, yeah. when phones no longer are the thing, I think we're still going to have screens. Anyway, I, that's my main that's true. Interesting. thing that yeah. I'm thinking through as I'm reading this is it's definitely going to get a lot of influencers, some extra oh, yeah. ways to expose their content to the world. But and what's interesting, They probably record and say they have a DSLR, like a nicer camera. It's horizontal, I'm sure, 90 plus percent of the time, unless they're getting like something, mm-hmm. some creative shot. Yeah, that is interesting. We'll have to turn it around the other way yeah so it's interesting to note uh something to keep an eye on but for now it's it's i think it's just filed underneath interesting and we'll watch it on to the next one monthly fees for facebook groups (laughs) private access facebook groups which is so this one is interesting because i'm gonna does facebook get a percent of the fee like if if we say we charged 29.99 a month for the market proof marketing facebook group That'd be Uh interesting. But does Facebook get a percent of that revenue? I'm trying to figure out like other than. I'm sure they would. Like what, what is the intent? Is it something to compete against um, course websites or just websites in general so that people stay on Facebook for that type of premium content? 
So this is going to be optional. It's not that Facebook is going to charge you to be in groups, but individual Correct. groups will be able to decide if they want to charge membership. And, you know, the summary kind of comment here is Facebook's group, Facebook groups have always been free. Charging for membership might heighten the sense of exclusivity and make a group feel more special to be in, or a paywall may just drive more people away. And I think proceed with caution. You better be providing a lot of value um, if you're going to start charging yeah, it's and maybe it's just like a different distribution for people. Like I don't know, I don't even know. Like I get it. Like I'm sure it's already going on right now. Like join the group is twenty nine a month. A month outside mm -hmm. of Facebook, they're just saying process. Yeah, have it built in. Yeah, have exactly. it built in. It's native. Exactly. Yeah. So, hmm. Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Yeah. Ooh, this is a fun one here. So July 10th, no, everybody. this is sad. This it is sad. I was I'm still a little sad about this. So Google AdWords is finally set. They finally set a date to retire the original, the OG interface that we've all known, we've all loved, we spent a lot of time in. For me, it's been like, oh, it's coming up on 10 years. I think it's like nine and a half. So we'll call it nine years. I've been looking at the same interface on AdWords really almost daily, probably. Um Maybe mm -hmm. a vacation here and there. I didn't log in for a couple of days, but then I got home. I'm like, all right, let me check everything just to look at it. So it's going away. Um, so I've been forcing myself to look at the new interface and I'm actually kind of liking it. One, it's a lot faster. If you're, if you're using it a lot, you'll notice it is a whole lot faster. And there's a lot of bulk changes you could make just navigating around. Let, let's say you want to change campaign settings or something like that. You could just click campaigns, settings, and just bounce back and forth between each campaign. And it's like seconds, like it's super, super fast. Um, but it still looks really weird. It's not what you're used to. But July 10th is the is the deadline on that. Do you like it, Kevin, the new interface? Yeah, I think the biggest struggle is like information overload. When I yeah. look at the amount of colors and charts and graphs mm -hmm. and everything that the dashboard is screaming at you compared to the relative calm of the original interface, I think, you know, you just have to get over that that hurdle. And like this article is talking about, um, it just says July. Some advertisers have gotten the specific date of July 10th. That's not necessarily going to be the case for everyone listening. Mm -hmm. It just says July, but you know, June is basically over. Is, so you yeah, better start get in there. I think the you're only going to have the two menus on the left side is where it gets weird, but that's also where it gets mm -hmm. efficient because you could keep one menu open while just changing the navigation on the other menu, so it remembers yep. where you are. And uh, tell, about, yep. tell us about the next one here, Kevin. Yeah, so this one, um, I, I, I'll title it in the show notes, just Voice Marketing Reality Check. But this goes into another thing that we're going to talk about at PCBC. And we talked a little bit about it with the chatbot article, is this idea of a hype cycle. And what I love about this article from distilled.net is that basically this guy has taken the time to really break down. And, and I'll just run through it here to say, hey, Google has gotten all this buzz started by saying, that voice searches on mobile, uh, this was last year, I believe, already accounted for 20% of all mobile, and then I'm using air quotes here, searches. Mm. So that searches. would equal, this guy did the math, roughly 600 million voice searches. But then he went and really got granular with this to figure out that 50%, half of all of those quote unquote searches are not actually searches. They're people interfacing with um, Google's AI, saying oh. things like, okay, Google, Set a timer for that me. Doesn't count. Okay, Google, remind me about XYZ. 20% are repeated informational queries. So, hey, what's the what's the weather mm -hmm. today? And his point here is 
that is not a search that is going to get someone to buy more homes from you or buy more toothbrushes or, you know, order Dove soap from Amazon at, at the sound of your voice. 10% mm-hmm. of those were personal searches, searches within your own kind of data set. So listen to the Market Proof Marketing po- Podcast or like that play my favorite song from Google Play. Yes. So at the end of the day, only 20 to 25% of these voice searches that Google was touting were quote unquote real searches, meaning they were trying to do something similar to what they would be doing in a search engine when um, actually trying to find information. And then further, this is the this is the finale, and we can talk about it is at the end of the day, only about one million true shopping related searches were done globally in a in a year, which equates to you know, around a hundred thousand wow. voice searches around the globe in a month. And, and yet if you think about e-commerce conversion rate compared to say homes, like that's not that many purchases as far as globally, that's not a lot of value. No. And, and so this is like Amazon's racing there. Google's racing there. Face everyone's racing towards voice. Gary Vaynerchuk even had a oh, voice yeah. convention, right? Oh, a couple of weeks God. ago <clears throat> that got a lot of people to go to it. Yeah. And obviously we're doing podcasting. Like we like audio. We think mm-hmm. audio is important yeah. and, and it is useful at times when you're interacting with technology. But this is just another great example of the headline matching the reality. And if you're, you know, if you worked at, let's say, a Pulte or a DR Horton and you have the resources to have one person go work on a top secret project, if you've been working on voice from a sell more homes through voice searches versus how can we get Alexa to make our homes smarter, right? That one is clearly, according to this data, a, a bigger payoff. Definitely. Enough. Yeah, I think a lot of this in an article, it's a really good article. Uh, go ahead and read it. It talks about like, yep. it's like a quadrant of like, when your hands are free, when your ears are free, when your mouth is free and your eyes, I think it's, it's four different things. Yeah. And it breaks mm-hmm. it down all these different situations. And a lot of it, like people just don't want to talk out loud unless they can't use their hands or they can't like, so it's only like in the car or cooking something where they do that set a timer. <laughs> but it's today. Sure. Those two right there, I did the top two is set a timer and then the, the weather forecast. I, I frequently do that one. Yep, for sure. And the last one is as a new thing we're adding to market proof marketing. This may be the only episode this ever happens, but um, we're calling it um, this week's required reading slash homework for you. Homework. Uh, so go to the show notes, click on this link, and it's from searchenginejournal.com. And the title of it is How Important is Structured Data Really? Um, we don't have the time to do- dive into this, but we ha- just have a ton of SEO related questions that we get all the time. And we don't, we don't perform SEO services. Uh, we just help folks audit the effectiveness of their current SEO efforts. Uh, this is a type of article that if you are uh, trying to understand how important uh, structured data, uh, page titles, descriptions, all those, it just, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic kind of 301 level article that I think really gives you some great insight into the importance of making sure that Google knows what it's looking at on your website if you want to rank for different keywords. To homework this week. Yeah. Get it done. All All right. right. Awesome. This will give us a little bit of extra time. We're going to go to a quick break, and then we're going to bring in Elena Money from Garmin Homes, Fresh Paint, Build Like a Girl, International Superstar, 
Can't wait to have her on the show. And we're going to talk to her about marketing like a girl. That's our cute title for it. Anyway, (laughs) we'll be right back. And we're back with Elena Money, the founder and CEO of Garmin Homes, Fresh Paint, and a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> and we're titling this uh, 360 topic, Marketing Like a Girl, because it's a, it's a play on what one of the things that Elena is so well known for. But Elena, thank you for joining us this Thank week. you so much for having me. What an honor. Elena, if you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? That's just a cute way of me saying, what, what are you, what do you think you're best at? If you had to sum it down to like a superpower. I love that. I think I am a really good connector. I think I can connect with people pretty quickly and mm-hmm. genuinely. And I like to, I like to find a moment of connection with, with interesting people. And I think if we unpack that even more, part of connecting well is being naturally curious. Yes. And I, I always feel like whenever I see you, there's a part of, I forget if you're looking up and to the right when you're thinking or left to the right, but like you're listening, but you're also thinking because you're, you're processing and you're innately curious as to you want to know more or why are they like that? Or That's, that's a very astute observation. I'm a little bit <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel a little exposed right now, oh, but you're totally absolutely just... right. It's up and to the right. That's oh, where yeah. I look. <laughs> There you go. So we'll just move on since we don't want to, okay. don't want to make you feel awkward. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> how did you come up with the idea of Build Like a Girl? Or actually, what is Build Like a Girl? Let's just start with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Build Like a Girl is my blog and it has evolved over time. And it began as a marketing stunt, really, for um, and crossed with, let's say it's crossed with personal development because during... 2010, Jim Garman and I were driving through neighborhoods and talking about the fact that here we are in the middle of this big recession. And I had worked for some of the most savvy, knowledgeable um, women that I can think of. And I said to Jim, shouldn't we just be selling our way out of this recession? I mean, shouldn't (laughs) there just be a way to, isn't everything sales at the end of the day? And why can't we just sell, sell out of this? And why aren't those women running home building companies? Hmm. And he said, I, I don't think they know the operational side. I don't think they've built a house. And I said, then I want you to teach me how to build a house because I, I want to be prepared for that opportunity if and when it comes my way. So mm-hmm. Build Like a Girl started as me wanting to learn how to build a house and wanting to be very transparent and authentic and sort of behind the scenes. Our brand is very transparent and behind the scenes. And I wanted to take people along that journey and seeing what it takes to build a house, because I think there's a gross oversimplification of the process. And um, I wanted to start sharing that with people. And so I I started writing through Build Like a Girl and um, it sort of took off from there. It was something different. I was being very honest and self-deprecating, which is probably my way. And <laughs> I, um, it started to gather more steam. And I started to talk about things other than building homes, because I've built about 
four or five right now. But now wow, I talk about, cool. thank you. Now I talk about what it takes to build the life you want. And sort of one of the things I say all the time is bring your whole self to work. You know, there's, mm. there's no part of yourself that you need to edit to do a great job. And actually, I think if you're editing parts of yourself, then we're not getting your full potential. So I want Build Like a Girl to be a blog space where I write about building the life that you want and work life, home life, um, self-fulfillment, kind of a, a broader spectrum of topics now. This goes back to your superpower then is part of that part of that quick connection is when people are exposing them their full self, right? And so yes. what I think was so compelling about this blog that again originally just started with you documenting your experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, ugly meaning the homes, not the selfies that you <laughs> in front of the house. But the you know Some the of those things are ugly. that were <laughs> the things that were happening there. <laughs> and so if when those of us who were in the industry when that was live happening, you you were like it was like a soap, not a soap opera because it's reality, but it was more compelling because of the of the openness that you were sharing there. Yes. And I would, you know, it was, it took a lot of courage to admit how much I didn't know. Because at that point I had one salesperson of the year. I had, you know, I had a pretty accomplished sales background and I was embarrassed by the amount of things I didn't know because I kind of stayed in my sales silo. I think mm -hmm. that the points where I've pushed the furthest in my career is when I've gotten out of the silo and tried on something different, some other part of the business. Like those, um, you guys were talking about the VR glasses and the, um, mm -hmm. I think when you do that with a separate role in a home building company, your your vision changes uh, exponentially. Your Your field of vision just improves dramatically. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I the like more that. that you can communicate that to other parts of the organization, the more you can anticipate other parts of the organization, what their objections will be to it, you know, their Exactly. Fears. And how much, how much we weren't selling, how many things mm. we do that add value, how many decisions we make to, to improve the quality of our experience in our homes. There's so much that we don't talk about, not to data dump on people, but it was, um, it was so eye-opening. Elena then basically was one of the first people to do what Gary Vaynerchuk now famously talks about, which is document, don't create. So you didn't yes. set out saying, I've got to frame this perfect picture of me swinging a hammer with the framers in the background with the perfect filter. It was, right. here I am stuck in the cement with my, with my boots on. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was awesome because of its oh, transparency. Oh, thank you. So, that's that's where the build like a girl came from. Elena is also in some ways an anti marketer, just because of you know the spin that you take on some of this. We'll yeah. get to more of that later. But mm -hmm. you talked about the the female CEOs, and yes. our industry famously talks about, or at least I talk a lot about, you know, women control the vast majority of the purchasing decision that's made. Right. But there are there are a lot of dudes at the top, <laughs> now, and it's and it's dudes. finally starting to change. And I'm just curious why you think, obviously there's, well, I don't want to put, don't, why do you think it's changing slowly? A couple of things. I think it's time. I think, um, did you, did, have have either of you heard Abby Wambach's speech, uh, her graduation commencement speech at Barnard, I believe? And she, no. She talks about, um, she says, demand the ball. Give me the ball. And I think there is a generation of women who are ready to say, you know what? Give me the ball. 
I can do this. If, if I can, I deserve a chance just as much as anyone else. And I think, I think a lot of us maybe self-selected out because there weren't a lot of role models. You, it can, it can get loud. The insecure voices in your head can get a little loud because Mm -hmm. then if you're the only one and you do it badly, are you, you know, it's almost like you're not allowed to make mistakes. Then are you going to let down? Are you the woman CEO who failed? And, and what does that say about everyone else? I think I'm very aware of representing more than just myself whenever I am representing home building. And I want to live up to that. Um, I think the talent is, is undeniable. I think there are some, you know, there are as many brilliant women as there are men in this industry. And I think as more of us rise, more of us create space for exceptional talent. And that has uh, evened the score a little bit, I believe. So what is it that's given that confidence to say, give me the ball? Is it is it social media and the ability to see these examples more readily or at least find them if you're if you want to? Is it your is it your own mom that, you know, where do you think that that sense of give me the ball? Where do you think that came from for you? Uh, it probably came from I think you're right. I think social media is a big influencer. It's like, why not me? You know, I, I mean, you see everyone sort of pursuing their own uh, day in the sun or their time in the spotlight. And I think there are models out there of people who came from nothing and created something extraordinary. I think we used to think we had to be perfect to be on camera, or we have to look a certain way or act a certain way in order to deserve a spot at the top. And I think that I think that we had to shed our own insecurities. And I think as more and more people on social media sort of come forward, uh, with their own authenticity, I think as we embrace mm-hmm. more authenticity, then um, we we put ourselves in. We we say, "Put me in." That's why I, I had this originally as a question, but I'm just going to say it because it it fits too perfectly. That's why I think you're a big part of it for our own industry. And I'm not trying to make you, you know, blush. It's just oh, that thank you. When it comes to public speaking at at events like PCBC or the Builder Show or um, you know, wherever, and what you're allowing to be out there for social on social media. I think, I think you're definitely a part of, for our industry, why that, why that change is happening. The the other thing that I will say quickly is a real short story with no names to protect the innocent. But when I was a market, a market manager for NVR, so I had two division presidents who worked for me and I was in charge of the Heartland Homes brand at the time. One of the exercises was who do you think could be another division manager? Like who should we put on this on this track? And the only person that came to mind was a, a gal who I had worked with there for several years. And I said, "That's it. It's her. There's there's really no one else who is in a position to become a division president in the next year or two. And when she found out, she was obviously excited and happy. But like you said, that same conversation was, "But I'm going to be the only one in the room, right? Who is me?" When right. we have these, you know, quarterly reviews with the CEO or, and it was, and it, and she really had a, and she was a strong, very strong female, but it was still that trepidation of, I do have confidence, but at the same time, do I want it enough to push through the, all the other muck? 
Right. So. And it's a lot of pressure to have to represent more voices than your own. I'll, I'll share a quick story with you. Jim and I set up an advisory board this year to help us with an expansion strategy. And as we were assembling our advisory board, I said, I will not be the only woman in the room. <laughs> there's, there's just no way that I want to be the only, I can't represent an entire gender. I am, a, mm -hmm. you know, I am one woman and, um, I want to, I want to represent as many different points of view as we can. Um, so it's, it's the same, it's the same voice in our heads that are saying, I need to make space. I need to make room for other voices and other opinions and perspectives at the table because that's how we reach our highest and best is by integrating more voices. Yep. All right. Love we're going to we're going to shift gears cuz okay. we could talk about just that for a long time, but onto some uh marketing talk. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All righty, this will be fun. So from what Kevin tells me, you don't spend a lot of money on traditional or digital advertising. We don't. Is that right? We don't. I we... liked your website. I was on it for a long time by the way. Oh, thank you. Quick compliment on here. I felt like I could feel what you are as far as a builder. Oh. Like you could, reading everything. I think people are over, underestimate the power of the words. Oh, And they're like, you. oh, we just need something on the site. But reading it, you're like, oh, I could picture myself talking to whoever this is that wrote this at the same time. So, yeah, I'm yep. like, you need to get people here. Thank you. Is that the Garmin website or the Fresh Paint website? That was the Garmin site. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's my baby. Mm -hmm. That... That one has been, um, we're actually um, in the middle of getting two new websites from Builder Designs, and I'm really time. excited about it. Two sites at the same, at the same oh, time. Wow. Sounds, yeah, two sites, like Fresh fun. Paint and, and Garmin. And um, Very cool. I've gotten so much feedback about the, how much written word mm. is on there and how that's bad. No, 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 so no, no. It's nice to see. <laughs> what we say like is, um, thank you. No one will read what you have to say until they are interested in what you deliver in terms of visually, like, do you build nice looking homes or not? But once they start to like you, they want to read everything. They want to binge on, on all the content yep. that you have. And the beautiful part about the written word is you always hear it in your own voice. And so the power of that can't be underestimated either. So, yes. No. Mm -hmm. Keep it up. <laughs> well, I'm so encouraged to hear you say that. But yes, yeah. we don't spend a ton on on traditional marketing. Now we do we we buy finished developed lots inside large master plan communities. That is the bulk of our business. So we pay one percent yeah. marketing fees to the developer, but of, of our own budget, I don't even have a marketing person on staff. Gotcha. Wow. I'm not used to that. Cue, now, cue the horror well, and gas. I'm just not used to that. That's not my. No. Uh, the my day the day context day. there is how how many homes a year both brands combined are we talking for people listening? Two hundred and five. Okay, so yeah, horror. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think we're ready. So, oh well, let's so send in your application to Elaine. No. Yes, please. Well, so, so why don't you spend a lot of money on that stuff? Yeah, that's a good question. It's interesting. It's a good question. I think that we like, back to the superpower question about connection, uh -huh. I think that we prefer the non-traditional channels because it is our first language. I don't, I think if there were some, if there was a founder at Garmin or a, a person who was at Garmin who spoke marketing as fluently as either of you, it would absolutely be 
a bigger part of our DNA. I think what we've maximized is our natural ability to use social media to create relationships and to use those relationships as non-traditional forms of marketing. We built when we started, we built the entire company on referrals from realtor partners because we we focus so exclusively on the experience and making sure it's such a different experience, such a beneficial experience for everyone involved and ask those people for referrals. So in that way, I guess we we ran it a little bit more like a general brokerage business. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's, it's based on what we're good at and what we're not. And I don't think we had the intelligence of what traditional marketing we should be doing. Honestly, I think we were making it up as we went along and and here we are. But we don't want to we don't like spending money on advertising. I don't want to tell you to buy my home. I'd rather have someone else tell you. I'm biased. I think our homes are fantastic. <laughs> but if someone else says it, it's so much more powerful, but it is a harder road. I feel like though you are a rock star. Like I remember in the old days Garmin Homes used to talk about rock stars. Uh and Yeah, it's one uh, of the four Garmin differences. Yep. So you're a rock star and and to me the digital marketing should just be your your hype man, your agent. It's not telling things differently or it's just um, distributing more. It's just the same message, but just yeah, out. you just expose you to more people. It's like I don't want to be on Netflix, says Elena. Money. I just want to be on broadcast TV. Well, oh. anyway, you know, it's just yeah. it's exposing who you are, and and because you're so authentic with your own message. And this is not. We're not going to turn this into a. <laughs> I trust you. It's you can. Just, <laughs> no matter what you do, it will be authentic. And so yes. by exposing yourself to more people. I would imagine that if I don't like what you have to say with your authenticity, I'm still not going to respond. So I hear what you're saying. I like, you're like, I don't want to talk to people who aren't the kind of person I want to do business with. I've heard you say something like that before. I do. I I believe in exclusion marketing. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, That's a Seth Godin thing. We're, we're big on it too. I mean, we could have, we could have 350 people come to our event that we do every year, but we would rather it sell out in three hours, right? There's just, yes. there's no doubt that that's right. a, so um, that's a... you have multiple home builder brands that Garmin and Fresh Paint you mentioned. Um, what, yes. Why did you do that versus just having, a, you know, a collection? Why did you go the, the extent of saying Fresh Paint is a different home builder? Well, interesting question. Um, I we wanted to run, we wanted the freedom to run the brand differently than than Garmin. Um, I think it was we started Fresh Paint with the hopes of taking it to other markets, actually, mm. and at one point considered maybe um, a franchise model for it. Um, so it from the beginning, we knew that Fresh Paint was more portable and scalable than the Garmin Homes brand, which is very organic and boutique and um, labor intensive, um, mm-hmm. that we wanted the freedom to take the brand to other parts of the country, which we're, we're going to do here shortly. Um, but that's why we developed two brands. So there would be two separate identities. Exciting. Yeah. I think it's really it's, smart. Uh, for the reasons that you say, because they're, uh, well, let's just ask one follow-up question to that. Like, give us an example of something that is very Garmin, but is not 
fresh paint? Yeah. Okay. That's, That's a great question. So at Garmin, you get to, so they both, both brands start out the same way where you pick your, your plan and your home site and your structural mm -hmm. options, but then they, they, there's a fork in the road and they go, but they both go two different directions. So at Garmin, you can, you get three wishes and you can't wish for more wishes, but you get three wishes <laughs> to tweak the plan to your own personal <laughs> preference. So you can say like, I want to add a window here. I want to bump out this room. And it's, it's, it's a defined window of customization to the plan that doesn't interrupt the quality of the experience. And you can pick out anything. So it's like three off the menu items. And then you get to mm -hmm. pick anything and everything off the menu of options that we provide. So at Fresh Paint, mm -hmm. um, by contrast, we curate whole home design packages. So these packages are chosen soup to nuts by us. And they're specific aesthetics. So if you say, hey, I really like the Farmhouse Revival package, but I want the shiplap backsplash from the Refined Rustic package, can I just switch those? And the answer is a fresh paint no. It is a flat out no. No, I will not mm -hmm. ask anybody. It's we don't break the promise to our trades that we would not break the packages. So the packages are kind of sacred as is. So at Garmin, mm -hmm. you get to paint your own canvas. At Fresh Paint, we've painted a lot of canvases for you, and you get to pick out the one that you love the best. That makes sense. I think I speak for a lot of people who have no time to do a lot of extra research. The idea of a fully curated home from Soup to Nuts, for a lot of people, yeah. would be compelling. And I like the way you said that, curated. And like every of the you. adjectives, I'm just, I'm impressed. I like it. <laughs> This would do so good. I'm just oh, all these words. You. I'm like, this would be amazing on a Facebook ad. <laughs> all this digital. You want on a marketing I'm like, oh ad? Oh my goodness! This is like <laughs> yes, yes. This is for gold. Please. Yeah, we're uh -huh. we love it, and the, um, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. There there are people who are just relieved that they don't have to make those decisions yeah, about yeah. their home and. Um, yeah, a, a lot of people, we do a lot of coaching in the design studio for Garmin about uh, like self-esteem building, like trust your own instinct and your own style. It's like, I like this, but is it going to be ugly? Or I, I want to build this, but you know, maybe no one else will like it. And we have to talk people yeah. into believing in their own style and being okay with that. It's like, don't build a new home for resale, build it for yourself. And you know, <laughs> it's okay. We won't let you build an ugly house, but you know, have faith. Have faith. Like <laughs> yeah. That. Yep. So yeah, fresh paint solves that uh, anxiety for a lot of people. Definitely. So uh, you have some really fun names on, I was just on the fresh paint website. <laughs> Words are obviously your strong point. Um, what is your favorite house name or maybe a favorite curated home that you have? For fresh paint? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is so good. Um. And I'm gonna go find it too. So <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you mine. Okay. Give me a second, please. My favorite is Happy. I mean, who doesn't want? I, I don't even know what the house is. I haven't clicked on it yet. It's our biggest seller. That would make sense. Is it really? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, how can you not want to be happy? Yeah, it's the Happy Go Lucky collection, oh and goodness. there's lots of happies and lots of luckies, and not as many goes. And I really don't think it's the it's the quality of the space i think it's the name and mm -hmm. um the happy is a great plan i think people i think 
first of all, if you're naming your plans after something uh, boring, you're missing an opportunity to really square reflect. Feet. Like the square amount feet. of square footage in the home? Yes. Oh, my gosh. The 1938. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I just, I want to just shame them. So, <laughs> um, yes. so, yeah, I love the, um, I love rock, paper, scissors because it's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. It's the Rochambeau collection. Uh-huh which um, <laughs> is funny for people because it's nostalgic and it's something we think about as children. And I don't know, sometimes do you feel like you're just, even though you know I'm at 43, but sometimes I feel like I'm still playing grown up. And so when, oh, for sure. when you, yeah. So when you're looking at a house, it's sort of this out of body experience. You're like, am I old enough to buy a house? And then you come into a fresh paint gallery and you're like wait rock paper scissors i know this and it's it's like a confidence <laughs> booster it's like okay i belong here these people are as crazy as i am so <laughs> you need to add one more house to the rochambeau collection though tell me because when i when i played rock paper scissors shoot i would always pull out the dynamite <gasps> right oh that i don't blows up everything that. else oh no that was my own rule it was <laughs> it, you know, i would lose i would lose three times in a row Kevin and i would just rule. stick out my index finger <laughs> And they would say, what is that? And say, this is the dynamite. It blows everything else up. That's, uh, that's innovation, I think. I need, to add, I need to add a structural option that's called the dynamite stick. Yes. Courtesy of Kevin Oakley. I think I'm going to do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Beautiful. I love that. Elena, what is a good attitude addendum? A good attitude addendum is how we describe to the buyer what we expect of their behavior during the during the build process and we have them sign it and it says that we're going to make mistakes and that um we're going to have misunderstandings and there's going to be unexpected things that come up along the way and we want to offer you a great experience and the essential ingredient for a great experience is to have a good attitude at all times but especially when things are are difficult or uncertain and that if we all agree to have a good attitude, we can preserve the experience, the quality of the experience. It's also about setting a boundary with buyers about, it says in there, we don't respond well to um, <laughs> to kicking, screaming emails and threats. And if that is your way, then please tear up this contract. Do not sign it. Walk away. Um, and it also says that if, if you do break the good attitude addendum, that we can give you your money back and wish you the best. And, and sell your house to someone else. The reason I, I think every time that I've ever spoken with you, I have you talk about this or I use it as an example because everyone wants to talk about how do I make the buyer experience better? And they yeah. go into things about AI automation and we're going to give them puppies and we're going to have <laughs> candlelight um, picnics on their home site for them with champagne right. at sunset so they can have it. And I just look at that and I think, you know, that cost you the, half a penny to print it out on a piece of paper that they're going to sign. Right. Right. And it's not just about signing the paper. It's about having the conversation about why it's important. Yeah. Cause if I'm pulling out the agreement and saying like, look, you signed this, you said you'd have a good attitude. I mean, we've already lost. It's about the, the communication and the connection that you established from the beginning about yep. what good looks like for behavior. I just, that, that example of how to, how to improve a customer experience by having the conversation, but creating the addendum as a tool to force that conversation. It's just, yes. to me, it's such a great example of this does not have to be so complicated. 
No, no. Sometimes, and I know you might not agree. Well, maybe you will. Sometimes the best approach is analog. Just talk to somebody face to face. No, for sure. Oh, yeah. Especially experience. I think it all starts there. Digital is only there to maybe support, but it's all all about the people. I like the hype man analogy. I can get there down. There you go. That. I thought you would. I mean, I all rock it. stars like hype, hype. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're, we're wrapping to a close. I only have two more questions for you. The first is um, in our conversations back and forth uh, recently, you, you used the term marketing record scratch. Yes. Uh, what is that? A marketing record scratch is when you, you, uh, you project a certain promise or value proposition to the buyer and your experience doesn't reflect it. So I'll give you an example. When we first started at Garmin Homes, we had a very traditional builder purchase agreement. And I would, I was on site then, and I would build these very genuine relationships with people, highly personal, in-depth, connective experiences. And then I would slap down this purchase (laughs) agreement that was written, presuming this person at some point was going to be monumentally disappointed in me and sue me for everything. And I mean, that's the tone. It's written for that one person out of a thousand that's going to go sideways. But, you know, the 999 other people don't need to feel that way. Um, So Mm -hmm. a marketing record scratch is when there's just something out of place with who you say you are and how you actually are. Yeah. So that's that's my description of a marketing record scratch. It would be like if I all of a sudden started naming our plans, you know, something really boring, like 1938, 1938 square footage. <laughs> if yeah. I started to do yeah. that, you'd be like, wait a second, that's a record scratch. It's that It's that voice you hear in your head when you're like, that doesn't make any sense. How much of a nerd, geek, boring person is Kevin Oakley? Every year, I reread a book called The 22 Immutable Laws of Branding from cover to cover. And um, one, of the, one of those laws is advertising cannot create a brand. It can create awareness and it can, it can reinforce an existing brand, but the brand is not owned by you. And, and so that's what you're saying is the brand is how the customer perceives every part of the interaction with the company. Yes. And that marketing record scratch is it can be every, it can be as simple as a Facebook ad that promises something that you can't deliver. It could be the contract. It could be the way that your salespeople greet folks who come in the door or, or don't oftentimes just sit, take a look around. Let me know if you have any questions, right? Right. That's a record scratch. (laughs) That's a record scratch. Exactly. Yeah. It's anything that doesn't fit with what you're saying or who you're saying you are or you want to be. Yep. All right. Last question. Okay. If you and I were to arm wrestle, mm-hmm. who would win? <laughs> <laughs> Put money on this um, one. Let's see. How much notice do I have ahead of time of said, no, no, said I, arm wrestle? I think, <laughs> I think this has already happened, hasn't it? It it did. Did did I win? Yeah. Or did you no, win? No, it's it's uh this is a Facebook video. We will post it in the Market Proof Marketing Group for those of you who have never seen it. Um, but if we if we mind wrestled, you would probably win, right? No, that's, I don't think so. Can... I do not think so. But that is kind of you to say. Uh, Elena, thanks so much for coming on with us. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me. This was this was a wonderful way to spend a few minutes. I love it. When I thought of, uh, you know, who could come on here and 
and talk about transparency and authenticity and um, and some of the challenges with male female um, interaction in our industry. I was like, Elena, she's Aww. there's nobody better. Thank you. That means so much to me. I I hope I continue to earn that every day. Um, Elena, we will put uh, links to all of your socials on the show notes so people can connect with you. Are you okay? Do you do you mind if strangers uh, try to connect with you on LinkedIn? I do not mind. No. Okay. I would do that if I were you, everyone. And we're back. That was a lot of fun, Kevin. That was awesome. Oh, she's a blast. She's quick-witted. She um, didn't say this, but I think it's her brother. I'm pretty sure it's her brother is a writer for Modern Family on ABC. Interesting. Even cooler. It's it's hereditary then. It's in her genes yeah. to be able to write. So yeah, check out her site and just read it and you'll be you'll be really blown away. And I read different sites, builder sites all day, every day. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like I'm like yep. connected here with the builder. I want to submit the form and build with them. It was, it's very cool. Now, yeah, to be yeah. fair, hundred always, mm-hmm. we always want to be transparent. If you Google new homes in Chapel Hill, her site doesn't come up. <laughs> so, so, so builder designs will be helping her out, but the content oh, sure. that's there, if it was optimized, um, for SEO, you know, it would be fantastic. That could lead us down like a whole nother talk as far as content for Google and content to get the person to love you yep. and build with you. Yep. Kind of have two different categories. All right. So uh, let's get back to the question of the week for last week, which was what percentage of your home sales come from real estate agents? And we did a cool little poll on the Facebook group. And let's see here. So 13 people were in the 51 to 75% range. Six were in the 26 to 50%. Two for zero to 25%. That's, That's very low. And then just one above 75%. So most people are in that, that middle range, probably around the 50% mark. Yep. 26 to, to 75, but probably yeah, mostly in that 50% range. And as we talked about at the beginning of this episode, it, it did spark a lot of conversation about... It did. Um, I don't know if people were just wanting to kind of say, hey, this is, this is why I feel good about my number or, you know, like I picked this, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Martha says, you know, hey, we're on the lower end of 26 to 50, but I would say even out of that percentage, many times the clients have contacted us first and we loop in the realtor. So that's definitely part of this that we see is we are connecting with consumers often before a real estate agent is involved. And that's, that's you know, then a question of the builder and strategy of, do you want to take a hard line and say, well, then you don't get paid. Um, which I think does have long-term ramifications or, um, do you say, Hey, like Martha's saying, come on, go ahead, bring them in. That's fine. Um, and that's a whole nother discussion too, about, uh, that, that approach. But, um, I think it's what she was talking about there. Doug, uh, who is in Memphis, um, also said, Hey, we've run right at 28% for the last four years, but it's a moving up slightly due to higher price points. And we do, we do see that where we the do. higher price point that you go, whether it's out of convenience um, or the purchase being a larger dollar amount, feeling like you need an expert's opinion on the value of the home is worth what you're paying. Um, I think a lot of it boils down to convenience and just, I don't, you know, go find me the, the two or three best homes that I should yeah, go to. Especially if they're more particular buyer, you know, if they're above, I don't know, 
450-500 looking in that range. I think they might be more picky on what is available for like the the first home. 250. You know, it's like here's our options. Sean says 100% of my sales have come via realtor. He is a realtor. Um so uh <laughs> jokester. Yeah, so I I just pinged him back and said, "Okay, well what percentage of your sales were new construction then?" And and he said, "Very few. I haven't leveraged the local builder scene nearly as much as I could." But he did bring up an interesting point which I wanted to talk about with you for a second is he says, I guess it's partly due to it's partly to do with where in the process you meet your buyers. Resale has been the majority of my business over the years. And I think that's the crux of the realtor, whether it's good or bad uh, in terms of your percentage, isn't the point to me. It's strategically, what do you need? Um, if you are meeting your sales goals without realtors, then you you may not need to worry about it. But when he talks about when you meet your buyers, I to me, that's always been how I think about this, Andrew, is if people are starting their search with an agent looking at existing homes and they don't find something that's on the market currently that meets their needs or that they like aesthetically, mm-hmm. if you have developed a good real estate or a good realtor connection uh, with that agent, then they have the opportunity to bring buyers who, when he, when they meet them, they're in this mode of, I want to find a house and move in right now. But that realtor could transition that to a to saying, okay, well, but there's nothing you like right now. So now I can introduce you to someone who might be able to build exactly what you want. Definitely. Um, and if that relationship's already there, they have no negative feelings about it. Like they're like, cool, I always have that option of like, we'll take them to the builder. I think that's a I think it's a plus. Yep. Just having they're connecting with the buyers every day. Yeah. Exactly. Are, um, um now, Mike Mike Davidson says, hey, we're in Denver and we're around 76% and 13 years in this market, I would bet our market average for the last decade has been close to 70%. This is definitely highly varies by marketplace. Um, there are definitely places like Denver where there's, I don't know if it's the quantity of real estate agents, um, the quality of real estate agents, but there are markets where it is definitely going to be and again, that's not a it's not a bad thing. It, this is a strategic decision, not a good or bad decision. You just have to have a strategy and then execute around it. Whether you want more co-op sales or you want less, um, figure out the reasons why and then execute around it. All right. And what's uh, what about this week's question of the week? With PCBC, it's very timely. So what industry conferences would you recommend others attend? What is your favorite part of attending them or what specific ideas have you applied from them that have had an impact? That's a good question, especially the last one. You go to these conferences, any conference, I'm not not meaning builder specific, just any conference. What did you actually take away and do from that? Yeah. Sometimes you go and you're like, oh, this is really cool and exciting. Then you get back to real life and then nothing comes of it. So it'd be nice to see what others have, have been to, because there's a lot of marketing conferences out there. For sure. I think in our industry, mm-hmm. you know, the Builder Show is fantastic um, in terms of the breadth of the amount of different sessions and speakers that you can hear in one spot. There's nothing else like it. Um, PCBC is great because the West Coast tends to think a little bit differently. They have a few more outside speakers. The, the keynotes at PCBC in particular are fantastic. And then, of course, our, our own summit, Online Sales and Marketing Summit, uh, we think That's is fantastic. Fun. but we haven't done prizes for a while. I do think we should do prizes for that last part, which is if you do have specific ideas that you can remember, like I went to, you don't even have to name the conference because it's not about promoting a conference as much as it is. Mm-hmm. What idea did you hear about at a conference in 2013 that you then were able to apply and see meaningful 
impact on your business. I think that that would be really, um, really good for other people to, to hear and see those kind of stories. Definitely. I agree. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Uh, for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. And it's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and all of the socials. Uh, what's that one that I was playing around with about two months ago that kind of died? That Vero. Social. It, Vero is... It did die. I don't even remember. Yeah. Vero. It's a beach down here in Florida. Vero Beach. Let me let me promise you that if you connect with us on Vero, you will get a lot of personal interaction because there's no one else there. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.